Max and Trevor are in their car driving after leaving the rhino empty-handed. Those dudes were gonna kill us for sure, man. No way, man. Are you fucking serious, dude? If that guy hadn't walked in, we'd have been iced for sure. You really think so? Yeah, dude. Did you even look at those guys? You don't get teardrops tatted on your face because you're diplomatic. Trevor turns and rolls down the window. Shit, man. I mean, really, dude. This sucks. They made off with our loot after all the trouble we went through. Didn't even get reimbursed for the fucking suits. Well, it's a good thing that bag was a little short, if you know what I mean. Trevor excitedly sits up in his seat and turns towards Max. Don't fuck around with me, man. We've had this conversation before. Don't play me like that. Max smiles. You're right, dude. Never mind. Wait, come on. Did you do something or not? This night is so fucked already. Don't mess with me. Max reaches into the back of his pocket and throws down a wad of cash onto Trevor's lap. I grabbed it out of the bag while they were talking to us. Must be like five grand or so. Yes! You are the fucking man! That's what I'm talking about! I knew you had that shit taken care of. Listen, we're not out of the woods just yet. We gotta lie low for a little bit. Those guys could still be looking for us. I know just the place. Where? Really, dude? Where else would we go right now? Fucking Tijuana, man. We'll live like kings. Bob, our PI, has been right in the middle of this case, but it's not too clear why. You see, Bob is looking out for his daughter, Stacy. That's right. Stacy, Rachel's roommate, is Bob's daughter. When Stacy started dating a married man, John Stone, she didn't tell her dad, Bob, about that. As a matter of fact, they hadn't been speaking at all. Stacy had a fight with her mom, they both said some things, and they never really got over it. Bob was somewhere in the middle. I'm sorry, Mom, Stacy says. I'm sorry that Joey Coleman broke up with me after senior year. I'm sorry I ran out of gas that one time and you had to leave your bridge club. I'm sorry I didn't get into USC. I thought everyone got into USC. No matter what I do, it's never good enough for you. Stacy, we want to see you achieve something. Bob jumps in. We want you to be happy. Stacy didn't tell her dad about John Stone, but Bob, being Bob, has a way of picking things up. Even though he hadn't been speaking with Stacy, he'd been looking out for her. So he'd known about the relationship for a few months. Naturally, he didn't like it. When Stacy found out about John's death, she called her dad. And today, she called him again. Said she had something to give him. Did they really kill him in his own home? Well, that seems to be the story at this point. Oh, Daddy, I just can't believe it. John was a good man. I mean, really, he was. He was very nice to me. A lot of men out here are shit, but he was one of the good ones. Who else knew about you two? No one knew. I mean, unless he mentioned me to someone, 
But I couldn't tell you that. He always came over here or we'd get a room somewhere. Matter of fact, I can't remember ever meeting a single one of his friends now that I think about it. Did he ever talk about any of his business dealings? No, he never mentioned anything like that. In fact, I really couldn't tell you what he did outside of cars. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I think he liked that about me. What about drugs? Well, maybe a little. Stacy, I'm not here to judge. I just need to get the facts. Okay, but don't get all crazy on me. I never really touched the stuff. But let's just put it this way. John loved Coke. He took a lot of pills and washed it all down with bourbon or whiskey or was it rum? I can't remember. So, uh, how's mom? She's still making you play bridge on Thursday nights? No, thank God. I think she realized why she never won with me. She's good though, Stace. You should stop by. See for yourself. I'd like that. But, um, you know, we didn't exactly leave on good terms. Talk to her. People make mistakes, Stace. And sometimes the easy things are the hardest to say. Yeah, I know. So what about me, Daddy? You think I should be worried? Well, John was up to something. We both know that. But at this point, I just don't have enough information. If there's anything else you could tell me, anything at all, places he went, people he mentioned, anything, might help me figure this whole mess out. There might be something. Stacy gets up and walks to her bedroom. She comes back holding a manila envelope close to her chest. The last time John came over, about a week ago, he was on edge. He wasn't acting his normal self. He gave me this envelope, told me to hold on to it, told me it's his life jacket. I didn't have time to think. He just handed it to me and left. It's been sitting under my mattress ever since. Did you look inside it? No, I, I wouldn't do that to John. She hands Bob the envelope. This could be useful. So what are you going to do now? Well, I need to find out if this was something that was building over time or some kind of overreaction. The main thing right now is for you to stay put. Try not to go out too much, okay? Let me dig around a bit try to put some pieces together. Okay, Daddy. Thank you. Stacy gives Bob a hug. He is somewhat surprised, but makes the best of it. He leaves Stacy's apartment, finds his car, and gets in. He reaches for the glove compartment, takes out a bottle, swigs it, lights up a cigarette, and stares blankly ahead. And Stacy upstairs, she's still asking herself what it all means. Memories are replaying in her mind. She's wondering if there's some hidden message from John. Something that she missed. Oh, John. What happened to you? What happened to my car king?
Stacy and John are in a suite at the Beverly Hills Hotel. They're lounging in their king-size bed. John has his arm around her. He's taken her out in the town and booked the hotel so they can have some privacy. A quiet night alone. Stace, you know I've got more money than I know what to do with. Not true. His Rolex is fake. His diamond ring is zirconia. And the bracelet he gave Stace just now is from a gumball machine. Yeah, I know. Let's run away somewhere. Let's get out of here. For good. What? What about your wife? You know I love Terry. She was the first woman I ever loved, but people change. They drift apart. You guys never wanted to have kids? She couldn't have kids. We tried for almost a year. A relationship has to keep growing. I think ours kind of fizzled out then. We had nowhere to go. But don't you love each other? In some ways, yes. But I love you now, Stacy. Do you love me? Of course I do. Sometimes, though, I feel like I don't deserve you. Baby, come on. You deserve every good thing that happens to you. You really think so? Absolutely. You know how many people I've met in this world? Eddie was telling me just the other day, he was saying, Don't lose that girl. That's Stacy. She's a keeper. Oh. Did someone say Eddie? That's Eddie, John's crazy friend we met at the Korean Tailors, where he and John were getting fitted for suits. They were little alien fuckers. I think they probed my ass or some shit. That guy. Well, now it's time for What Did Eddie Eat Today? I had some fucking eggs, some blueberry muffins for lunch. I went the salad route. I had a bottle of salad dressing, some fried chicken, biscuits, yam yams, coleslaw. Oh, it was great. Man, it went right through me though, but it was great. I'll have a frozen pizza tonight, but it's got everything on it. I mean everything. You ain't never had anything this authentic before that was frozen. See, I got this friend. He's perfecting the way he makes frozen pizzas. DiGiorno's his name. This guy's the real deal. These babies will be on the shelves next year. Like, you could have someone confused as to whether or not it was delivered or if it was one of his pizzas. I'll fucking flood the thing with hot sauce. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. It's all right. I've met a lot of people, Stace. Most of them don't have half your heart. But you... You've reinvigorated me. You really mean it? John kisses her. Let's just leave. Let's go to Mexico or Canada. 
It doesn't matter. Let's go anywhere. John, I've got a life here. Oh, you can get a new life. I've got that big audition coming up, baby. You know I've been building my reel for like two years now. I finally feel like I'm coming out the other side. Like, I'll get some real parts soon. Come on. Why do you want to run away so bad? What about your business and all? It's complicated, honey. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure to keep my operation running. I'm greasing a lot of palms and every day there's somebody else that wants something. You're an important man, John, and I'm here for you. Can I tell you something? You can tell me anything. Well, I've made some decisions. Some good, some bad. John turns away from her and looks down. Everyone does, Stacy says. Yeah, but these decisions, they aren't going to go away, Stacy. Well, what do you mean? <sighs> I don't... I don't think I can get out of this one. Baby, you can tell me. Problems can be solved. Oh, uh, don't worry about it. Just take it easy, okay, baby? What do you say we order room service? How about it? She puts her finger on his lips to quiet him. But first, Stacy and John act romantically for the next five minutes. Scorsese will start filming Casino in about eight months, September of 94. And if you've ever seen that movie, you know the Italian Mafia has been all over Vegas for quite a while. Now that's a rather long and complex plot when you go deep into it, but it's really about Sam Rothstein and his friend Nicky Santoro, that's De Niro and Pesci, who were both based on real guys. It's also about how the city of Las Vegas changed over the years. Well, Frankie is our boss in Vegas, so he's essentially the top guy west of Chicago. He spoke with Vinny on the phone and asked him to get something from their car guy. John Stone. Vinny had Mickey and Ronnie pick up the bag and Vinny himself brought it to Vegas. Vincent and Frankie are sitting at two slot machines in an empty part of a small casino, a few miles east of the old Vegas Strip. They're casually pumping quarters in and pushing buttons. There's another Italian guy behind them keeping an eye on the situation. You, uh, hear about Tony the Ring? What about Tony the Ring? Tony got whacked. No. I saw him the other day. Where'd they get him? Where else? In his own home. Jackie R got up. Did what he had to do. Oh, shit. Me and Tony went way back. He's the one who taught me to ride a bike. Jackie's getting a big head about it. Already making trouble out here. When all this happened? That a boy. Ah, it ain't too much. Frankie, this just happened? 
last few days I hear been talking about it nonstop. Frankie motions to show he's sick of playing the goddamn machine. I'm sick of this goddamn machine. Guys out east having real trouble. They're putting a lot of pressure on us out here. That's why we need to get this John Stone business settled. I hear you, Frankie. So you uh, got something for me? Where is it? I got it right here. Vincent lifts up the black bag. Good, good. You look at it yet? Not really, Frankie. I don't know what you're looking for. Okay, okay. I got a thing to do. Meet me back at my place, all right? Okay, sure thing. They both stand up to leave. Frankie leans in to Vincent. Oh, and uh, Vinny, do me a favor. There's a little corner store on the right when you get out of here. Okay. Pick up some chapstick and a box of tampons. What the fuck you need that shit for? I got a hard-ass cop. He's been staking me out on the streets. He's there all the time. Fucking pigs. Knock on his window. Throw it into him. He'll know who it's from. Okay, Frankie. I'll see you at my place, all right, Vinny? Back at Frankie's place. What the fuck? It must be there, Frankie. Frankie starts pulling out the items from the bag one by one, looking briefly at them, then throwing them on the desk. Vincent is looking nervous and not sure what to do. I don't see no envelope, Vinny. It's gotta be there, boss. We took everything. From some fucking Mexican meth heads? Didn't you? Well, yeah. I mean, those guys went behind us and they... How you know they didn't take it, Vinny? Huh? Boss, we got it right out of their hands. What the fuck you breaking my balls for, Vinny? You want to tell me why you need to break my fucking balls? Frankie, I ain't breaking your balls. Vinny, I told you the other day, the bosses are concerned there's a rat in our operation. I need you to get your shit together. Find me the fucking envelope and find me the rat. Frankie throws the papers off his desk and spins his chair away from Vinny. Vinny exits the office, fuming. Just down the hall, he pulls his arm back, about to punch the wall, but stops himself at the last second. Ah! Inmate 04674391 Mendez, Casper, date of birth, 3-11-74, sign here, initial here. Belongings, one sack of clothes, one pair of black dicky pants, one Ben Davis button-down shirt, one Pez dispenser, Casper, the friendly ghost, one keychain with keys, and one leather belt with gun belt buckle. Loza is leaning on the hood of his car, parked in front of a big barbed wire fence. A bell rings from overhead and the fence opens. Out walks a young Mexican guy, his arms covered in tattoos and his head shaved. He's carrying a garbage bag full of his personal belongings. Casper, is that you? Loza gives him a hug and looks him over. You finally have some meat on your bones. Come here. 
Loza, good to see you. How are you, man? Better now that you're out of that shithole. Oh, man, it feels good, too. Come, come, let's go. If I stay here any longer, I'm going to be fucking sick. Loza takes Casper's garbage bag and throws it in the trunk. The pair get into Loza's car and drive off. Were the packages getting through okay? For sure, Loza. Everything's working fine in there. Uh, the only thing is, Loza, the packages, they've been a little light lately. I know, I know. We are working on solving that problem for good. And how's Joker? He keeping everything buttoned up? Oh, you know Joker. He's good. No issues. White boys tried to flex, but he managed to calm him down. That's good. How's Puppet and Spider? <sighs> They're dead, Casper. What? What the fuck? Tell me you know who did it. Tell me they're fucking dead. That's why I'm here, man. But we need to be careful. The next step, we gotta get this operation straightened out. Then we can give those fuckers some real payback. The Italians? Yeah. Oh, fuck, Loza. I knew those fuckers couldn't be trusted. Just tell me what I need to do. I'll kill every last one of them. It's time to start recruiting. Remember when we followed Rachel to her audition, where she missed the part about Blonde's Preferred, but she got the call back anyway. Well, Rachel hadn't heard anything back yet, so she decided to stop on by, hop in her cherry red 86 Civic, and ask the casting office herself. Rachel opens the door to see an empty waiting room and a secretary behind the desk. Honey, next casting's not until after lunch. Please come back at 2.30. Is it the bra or the shampoo one, honey? Oh, no. No, I'm not here for that. Um, actually, I was here for the deodorant commercial a few days ago, and I was told I would be called back by the end of the week. I hadn't heard anything, so... Was that the Whispers deodorant commercial? Yes, exactly. I'm Rachel West. Oh, honey, we always call you back when we need you. But they said I had it. They gave me a call back. Um, let me see what I can find out. Another woman exits a nearby office. Is Carl still here? The woman nods and points. Thanks. Give me just a moment, Rachel. Rachel looks around the room and takes a seat while she waits. After just a few moments, the secretary comes back. Okay, Rachel. Looks like they changed their mind. Uh, what? Yes, the company changed their mind. Probably an executive at Whispers. Um, so that's it? I'm sorry, honey. The company can always reject our choices, and they often do have their own preferences. Rachel stands there, not sure what to say. Well, you can always come back after lunch, and we've got your headshot on file as well. Okay, I see. Well, thanks for your time. No problem, Rachel. Have a nice day. 
Rachel walks out onto the street, still in a kind of shock, deciding what to do next. A middle-aged man with a comb-over mustache and a blue suit is walking towards her. Hey, are you an actress? Yeah, why? Sorry, I, I just saw you come out of the casting office there, and I'm always looking for new talent. Are you a director? Filmmaker, producer, director. He hands his card to Rachel. He extends his other hand. Tony Roundhouse, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, what kind of movies do you make? Do you have time for a coffee? Uh, yeah, I guess I do. Over at the coffee shop, Rachel is sitting down with Tony Roundhouse. Tony did an awful lot of talking with the barista while she was preparing Rachel's latte macchiato and Tony's Irish coffee. In fact, it was the Irish coffee that was much talked about. They didn't have alcohol. It was a fucking coffee shop. But Tony Roundhouse just kept saying, Make it happen. Make it happen. And he told some story about his dad dying in Nam or something. Tell me about yourself, Rachel. Tell me everything. Who is Rachel West? Well, I grew up in Fresno. Beautiful, lovely city, great infrastructure. And what are your dreams? Where do you want to be, Rachel? I want to be an actress. Make movies, you know? If my voice acting doesn't sound convincing, it's not only that. Rachel never really knew if acting was for her. People told her she was good and... She enjoyed it, so she kept up with it. An actress? Absolutely! You like making people happy, don't you? We're in the dreams business, aren't we? Yeah. Listen, I'm a self-made man. I got a full setup over in the valley. Sound, lights, editing, sets. Are you part of a studio? I am the studio, sweetheart. Completely independent. Wow. Tony moves his head to look Rachel over. I like your look. You are 18, right? Because I've been sure before. Yes, I am. Wait, you never told me what kind of movies you make. We make movies that people love watching, darling. Drama, intrigue, love, passion. Porn? Not at all, sweetheart, not at all. We make adult entertainment. Oh. My. God. I'm sorry. I'm not interested. Rachel gets up to leave. Tony stands up. Hang on to my card! So there we are. Bob's got this mysterious envelope from Stacy. Loza and newly released Casper are planning revenge on the Italians. Vincent took a little trip to Las Vegas, and we even met all-around classy guy, Tony Roundhouse. We'd like to thank you for listening. Shit, did you just feel that? Yeah, that was a big one. Tremors or not, I'm gonna keep one ear to the ground. That's a good idea. And here's another one. Follow our characters each week as we learn how to survive in LA. 